Hola, les habla Jenny Beth Castro de American Eagle Bank of Chicago. Estás escuchando 1590 WCGO Chicago Smart Talk. El show de Mac Noah empezará en 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. He won't make her double dig in her garden if she doesn't make him try broccoli aromatherapy. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. I ain't double digging my garden, sorry. Okay, neither am I, and I would never, never tell you to do that because wow. du- double digging is... Are you okay? What's wrong with your... Oh, am I? I'm a, yeah, I, I'm a little... You're like all distorted there. Am I distorted here? Okay. Um, I sound kind of okay here. And you sound like you're deep and inside a rain barrel. Really? Inside a rain barrel, barrel, barrel. Okay. Play with that, Ben. What's going on here? It's like, I, I don't control this. <laughs> it's all on the other side of the glass. Oh, no, uh, no, 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 no. That's... <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Oh, uh, what was Get Cowgill out of there. Uh, yeah. Close I can't the hear mic. anything. Hey. Close the door. Leave Ben alone. It's hard to mix. I can't hear. Get him out of there. What's wrong? Get the home improvement what? guy out of there. Speaking yeah. of the home improvement guy, speaking of the home improvement room, and welcome to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Good morning. Uh, we've got, uh, 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 we're going to have uh, Juanita. Irizarry back on the show today because there's some news on the uh, Chicago Park front, especially the Southside Parks, the Jackson Park and the Obama Library and the the uh, fiasco that is the golf course uh, plan that they've got. But uh, and, and then Rick DeMaio, let's get a ding for Rick. Rick's back today and we can uh, ask him uh, all about the deluge we had this week mm-hmm. and my basement is not flooded which i'm very happy that's about a good thing. yeah it trickled in but that's what it always does anyway uh and rick will be here uh but before then let's go right to the phone line because uh when we uh, did a little crosstalk with mighty house and if if you don't know that we do that we do it every saturday regularly uh because they've got three hours and we've only got one so i try to carve out as mm-hmm. much time out of ron, usurp some time ron cowgill show as i possibly can uh, and we were talking about uh, the MPKS, the Midwest Pond and Koi Society. And next week, Peggy and I are broadcasting live from there, from live. 10 to 11. Live, live, live. Um, and then Robbie started asking about finding pond supplies. And she said she was having trouble in the Chicago area. And guess what? Our listeners called immediately. Mike from Mundelein got on the phone. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Pretty good, Mike. Uh, so you know a place where you can get pond supplies? Hoth Iron Gardens and Hoth Iron Woods. They've got pond supplies, fish, plants, pond liners, pumps, everything. I've been there. I haven't been there in, in several years, but cool, great place. Uh, who, do you talk to anybody in particular over there when you go over? Uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but he's uh, one of the owners. He wanders around all the time. Bill, uh, Is it Bill by any chance? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I know Bill. Bill's a great guy. Uh, right. I, I, when I was doing TV, TNV here in Chicago, we uh, interviewed him and had him on uh, on the show, and uh, really enjoyed. And he and he had a vegetable garden in the back, as I recall. I got some great plants mm-hmm. from him, some tomato plants that year, some uh, sun golds, as a matter of fact, if, if I recall correctly. Um, yeah. And so, so, so uh, twenty four four eighty one North Old McHenry Road. 
Okay. So, Robbie, if you're listening, that's where you're going. Uh, And if anybody else has any uh, other places where you can get pond supplies in the Chicago area, uh, give us a holler at 847-475-1590. And, Mike, do you have a a pond in your yard? Uh, I've got a low spot in my yard that I put my sump pump to it that got a spring in my yard. (laughs) So you 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 don't have koi in it, do you? No, I've got ducks and frogs and turtles. <laughs> I, I like that. That's you. You've gone au naturel with that. Well, that's oh, yeah. that, that's fabulous. Thank you so much for calling and letting us know Hawthorne Garden Center. Uh, what was the address again, uh, Peggy? Twenty four four eighty one North Old McHenry Road in Hawthorne Woods. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for calling, Mike. Thanks for listening to the show. Okay. Great. Bye. All right. Have a good one. Uh, again, the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. In fact, Peggy, I think you've got something here to tell us about. What are you doing next Saturday at this time? Well, Mike and I will be broadcasting live from the 25th annual Midwest Pond and Koi Society Koi and Trade Show. And we want you to join us at the Max McCook Athletic and Exposition. Something. Parentheses facility in McCook, Illinois. Something, something. <laughs> There's going to be helpful seminars, lots of accessories for your backyard pond, koi of all sizes and colors, advice from Dr. Bob Passavoy, and of course, Mike and me. Dr. Bob? Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob. So join us Saturday, June 24th for the Mike Novak Show, live from the 25th annual MPKS Koi and Trade Show from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Go to mpks.org. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Juanita Irizarry. Executive Director of Friends of the Parks, as I said, there's some motion, some interesting news regarding the Obama Library. Stick around. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free of ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and other treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths, including the non-toxic Cezanne Keratin Smoothing Treatment. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st century hair care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. No longer have to sacrifice one for the other. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. What is this, anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. What did you say? Ah, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And uh, before we get to Juanita, uh, here's the Logic Lawn Care Program for Natural Lawn Care in 30 seconds. Go. Properly timed organic fertilization, non-toxic weed control, core aeration to stimulate growth, high-quality overseeding, integrated pest management, or IPM, proper watering and mowing. 
That's less than 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, that's less. All right. And wouldn't you like your local schools, park districts, or municipalities to learn those simple techniques? And they are simple, and they will keep your lawn safe and healthy. Call Logic, and you can all sit down together. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500, 847-421-6500. Did we lose our call there? Uh, Hi there. Oh, there oh. you are. Hey, right. Juanita. I, I was Good look, morning. I was looking at the wrong, uh, well, actually, I saw the red light, and I thought we had lost it. I was looking for a green light, and but that doesn't okay. matter here. <laughs> Juanita Irizarry, who is uh, the executive director of Friends of the Parks. Uh, welcome back to the show. It was a short time ago. We talked to you just a couple of weeks ago as you were right. you were preparing for your conference, uh, Rethinking the Role of Chicago's Parks, Parks as Democracy. You had a question mark on that, and that's uh, actually pretty appropriate because sometimes parks are not a democracy in the city of Chicago, and that's been one of the goals of Friends of the Parks. Uh, that's right. To get participation from everybody who benefits from the parks. Now, uh, that was a couple of weeks ago when you had your conference, and then I got a, uh, a newsletter from you guys this week, and it was some very interesting news. Now, did this interesting news come out of the conference? Because I know... You had the Obama library people at your conference, and I guess you you stood up and said, "By the way, we were we're not exactly thrilled that you about the location that you guys uh, put the part uh, the uh, library in, but we'll deal with it, and uh, we just hope the process is transparent." And then lo and yep. be- and then lo and behold, uh, like a, a week later, uh, you, what happened? Explain what happened. Yeah, well, we heard um, a public announcement this week from the city that um, there will be a comprehensive park planning process uh, for Jackson Park Mm -hmm. and South Shore Park and eventually for Washington Park um, in light of the fact that the Obama Library uh, is coming to Jackson Park and there have been all of these proposals that have been shot out kind of willy-nilly. And we have been saying for a long time, first of all, we don't think the Obama Library should be in a park. Um, But if it must be, um, please don't ask the public to respond to each of these isolated ideas. There needs to be a comprehensive planning process where everyone is involved in an organized way in understanding the issues and then providing public input. I like the way uh, you say (laughs) (laughs) willy-nilly. Yeah. (laughs) Because... Uh, yeah, looking at this, all you have, you don't even have to dig that hard. You don't even have to know about the intrigue that has gone on with, uh, what happens in the parks in Chicago. You don't have, you you go back as far, and we talked about it when you were on the show before, uh, the Lucas Museum. What tends to happen in Chicago is people, usually people in authority make pronouncements and then everybody scrambles to catch up. That's right. that's how democracy works. And in at sh- different rates, at kind of at different rates, different speeds, and they're all on their own agendas. Yeah. Right. And that's right. And, and it's hard for the public to know if they're attempting on purpose to confuse us or whether these just happen to be different ideas coming out of different departments that, you know, just weren't coordinated. For example, the Chicago Department of Transportation called Friends of the Parks not too long ago and asked us to review their plans for the Clarence Darrell Bridge in Jackson Mm -hmm. Park, which needs to be fixed. And the community's been clamoring for that for a long time. But we asked the question, why isn't that conversation happening in coordination with all the other conversations that are going on about what should or should not happen in Jackson Park? Yeah. My own theory on all of this is the people uh, in power get away with what they think they can get away with. They try, they you know, they throw these things out there. And I think the perfect example, there's two perfect examples of that. One is the Lucas Museum, and you guys stood up and said, no, this is not going to happen, mm-hmm. no. Uh, the other is the golf course. You know, I think it's one thing to have the Obamas come in and say, we'd love to have uh, uh, our library in Jackson Park. Everybody knows it's going to be an attraction. It's going to it's going to bring people down there. That's great. The whole idea of whether the close off roads, you know, I personally, I think I don't think that's such a bad idea uh, because it restores a lot of the park. Uh, unfortunately, then we put a big building in, mm-hmm. in the footprint, too. But 
you know, it's one thing to have the former president of the United States say, I'd like to have my my library in Jackson Park. And you kind of have to go, OK, I, we wish you'd go to Washington or, or use space that is not um, uh, I don't mean Washington, D.C. I mean, Washington Park or use space that is not park already. I get that. But when they come up and say, hey, we got this golf course and this mega plan for this. We're going to meld these two golf courses together. You're going to love it. It's going to be great. And the PGA is going to adore Chicago. And, 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 I'm, and people are left scratching their heads saying, well, what about the people of Chicago? What does this have to do with the people of Chicago? And who, who, among, who on the south side is going to be able to play golf there? What is this all about? And why are you trying to, 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 to ram this through? So... There's there's actually two different questions here, um, and it looks like right now the uh, park district in the city of Chicago has finally said, "Okay, we'll we'll have a process." Uh, why is it why is it a year into the mission? Why is it so late in coming, Juanita? Yeah, you know we have been um, asking that question a long time. You know, friends of the parks originally said, you know, "We'd love to have the Obama Library in Chicago, and particularly on the South Side. How about across the?" from Washington Park, mm-hmm. where the city, the CTA, and the University of Chicago own 11 acres of vacant land. You know, we could have a library and still preserve our existing parkland. And, of course, we lost that battle. But we've been saying all along, if you knew that the library was going to come to one of these parks, either Washington Park or Jackson Park, why not be doing a comprehensive planning process in the meantime? Um, and... Honestly, I just think the city style and the Chicago Park District style is, is to just make pronouncements, as you have suggested. Um, we have been talking to the Obama Foundation and, and found them to have a slightly more responsive approach. And I think um, they saw the need for that comprehensive planning process and the way some of the conversations had rolled out maybe didn't meet their standards. Um, so, you know, we've, we've been poking the, the Obama Foundation to poke the city and kind of make sure the city and the, and the park district got a real planning process done. I think that's kind of interesting that the, uh, it's the Obamas and the Presidential Library that are being more responsive than the city of Chicago. It's not surprising, actually, uh, but um, uh, here, here, here we are. We're yeah, fa- yeah. Where the finally the city says so. What mm-hmm. what did they agree to? And 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 did they just sort of give you a, a call and say, hey, okay, we're going to sit down? Why 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 do you think they did this? Why do you think the city finally responded? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'd we'd love to take some credit for it. And there, you know, there have been other groups like Jackson Park Watch, um, which is a community group uh, that has organized around some of the things going on in Jackson Park that have also been calling for this comprehensive plan and planning. Open Land has, has joined us in, in asking for that as well. So, you know, we, we think the, that advocacy has been really important. Um, and we did hear um, it's been a few weeks, maybe a month and a half or so ago, that maybe this was coming. Um, and then we heard that the city, that the park district was looking at a contract um, with a group um, called Smith Group, JJR, um, which has done a lot of their park framework plans um, with them before. Um, so so we had some whispers, um, uh, but we have continued um, to, you know, to call for it loudly uh, until we knew that it was really happening. So we just got that announcement um, this Wednesday. Well, good for you. Congratulations on that. Uh, Thank you. And those meetings, so it starts with three meetings uh, their community meetings, June 21st from 6 to 8 p.m. at the South Shore Cultural Center, and that's 7059 South Shore Drive. That's June 20, that's this Wednesday, um, 6 to 8 p.m. June 24th, that will be the following Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at the Hyde Park Academy High School, 6220 South Stony Island Avenue. And then on June 27th, which is the following, what, Tuesday? I believe, yeah, yeah. Uh, at uh, it's a, a Alderman Leslie Hairston Ward meeting at uh, La Rabida, uh, La Rabida, La Rabida, sorry, uh, Hospital, sixty five zero one South Promontory Drive in Chicago. And if I may, I, it's really important that people come out to those meetings. But we agree with all critics who believe that that's 
you really short notice, mm-hmm. and it's not realistic to think that that's a real comprehensive planning process. Well, so we, we have talked to the park district, and they say that that's just the beginning of what will be a much more robust set of meetings, and we will certainly continue to poke and prod them about that because three meetings you know, with a few days to mobilize certainly does not a comprehensive planning process. Yeah. How do, how do you make sure that you have more meetings? I guess part of it is you lobby for them at the meetings that you already have scheduled. That's right. And we were at the Park District Board of Commissioners meeting this Wednesday, and we did have some conversations with staff. And I do believe that there are staff internally who who do believe that the more robust the process is, the better that is for everyone, uh, the other Park District included. So, you know, we will keep asking that, you know, when's the next set of meetings? How much time do we have to mobilize? What are those meetings going to consist of? And we certainly invite any and all other folks who want to continue to ask those questions with us. And I and I think it, it bears repeating that we got several issues here. There are separate issues. Uh, the library is one thing. The golf course is actually mm-hmm. a separate issue, even though in some ways it's tied in because it would involve other streets closing in Jackson Park. Uh, right. But that is very different, and that came out of the blue in December. I, again, another pronouncement by the city of Chicago. Hey, we're going to do this park, this uh, golf course. Uh, right, and, and they all have to be thought of together because if you're talking about how much money is the city of Chicago investing in all of this and we as taxpayers want to know, you know, regardless of which department, you know, whether it's the Chicago Department of Transportation or the Park District or the Obamas themselves raising money, there are ultimately some parts of this that the public is going to pay for. And we need to hear about what that is. Mm-hmm. We just heard that the Obama Foundation doesn't plan to pay for the parking garage that they proposed should be on the east end of the midway. Um, so who's going to pay for that? Um, and how does that relate to you know the money that it will cost to close Lake uh, Cornell Drive through the park if that's where that goes? And how much will it cost to create an underpass under Lakeshore Drive to get golfers from the South Shore Park side of the golf course over to the Jackson Park side? Unless All they of have these some, things yeah. are connected. Unless they have some other kind of plan for that as well. So, but you know, and this is very difficult for you, and, and I can understand why, because you have the need to look at this as a whole. It's, right. you know, uh, and, and yet, and that's why this is so screwy, the whole thing, because the library is, wouldn't it be great if you could just, let's just talk about the library, but uh they've thrown this golf course in there too mm-hmm. and 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 seems to me to conflate them sort of diminishes the effect uh the effectiveness of your discussing the library and 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 while i understand that you need to look at a comprehensive program uh it seems to me that you've got apples and oranges in the same basket and you're trying to deal with that it, it certainly does make the whole thing more complicated but in many ways it's not surprising because the city these days really looks at our parks primarily as revenue generators. And so they see the fact that the Obama Library is coming to town as a chance to focus on generating revenue anywhere in that park that they can. Um, so it really kind of comes from that place. They're also looking at how do they you know, promote economic development in the community, and that's also a good thing. Um, but there is concern among some res- residents in the community that they may get pushed out yeah. um, as a result. And so there are also those fighting for a community benefits agreement. So it's a very complicated space. It is. It is very, very difficult. And like you say, three little meetings are not going to be enough to resolve these issues. Uh, and, and one of the main ones is whether uh, Cornell Drive gets shut down through Jackson Park uh, I happen to, to think that's not a bad idea. Uh, I think just making the park more of a park and not having it split by, by six lanes is a really good idea. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, Friends of the Park has not taken a position on that. Uh, I will say that, you know, when you look at it from the point of view of green space and Olmsted's vision, you know, the idea of having uh, less traffic through there and more green space sounds great. However, it is our understanding that that's 
actually an official evacuation route Ow. to help help folks get out to the skyway okay. um, in the case of an emergency. And there's lots of folks who live down that way who say, wait a minute, you know, we have traffic problems down here and closing off. Yeah. This, this road is not helpful. So I think, again, the need for this planning includes what are the actual traffic counts? And right. if we don't have this road through the park for traffic, then where does that traffic go and what impact does it have on the rest of the community? And it, so those are fair conversations to have. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, they're, and, and you hope that they've been starting to think about this. There are other proposals to reroute the traffic. I get that. And, and I hope it works out. Well, Juanita Irizarry, uh, Executive Director of Friends of the Parks, we will continue to have this discussion. You're welcome to come on this show anytime and get the word out. And, I, and I've got the information on my website. I hope people go to these meetings in this coming week. Um, and uh, I hope to show up at one of them. Good luck to you. We will talk to you very soon. Thanks so much. See you soon. All right. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We will be right back. Please stick around. Now's the time to get on board with one of McHenry County's premier sustainability and healthy living events. If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its annual Green Living Expo. The event takes place November 4th, but registration for vendor and artist space is open now. McHenry County College is celebrating its 50th anniversary, and this year's Green Living Expo is going to be bigger than ever. They've added an artist walk where visitors can shop and chat with local sustainable artists. And if you offer eco-friendly holiday gifts, you'll get a head start on the season. Mike and I were there last year, and the Expo is a great way to interact with McHenry County's green community. Register today for the McHenry County College Green Living Expo. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. Chicagoans, use your blue carts to recycle. Bottles, flattened boxes, jugs with the lids on, tin and aluminum cans, juice cartons, and mail. No plastic bags, including store bags, no greasy pizza boxes, styrofoam, disposable coffee cups, light bulbs, napkins, electronics, or shredded paper. Put your items loose in the blue cart and not in a plastic bag. Visit RecycleByCity.com Chicago and let's make Chicago beautiful and green. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please, support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. It's worldwide. Esto aquí es para las mujeres en las discotecas que están buenísimas, bellísimas, lindísimas. Y ya tú sabes el resto. Yo se lo doy directamente. Mira que tú estás rica. You want to dance? Now you can dance. <laughs> hey, do you know what's going on? Now, that's not a rhetorical question, though given the world today it could be. What I mean is, do you know what kind of gardening events are going on in Chicagoland? If you want the answer to be yes, pick up a copy of Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. Every issue contains a list of events including garden walks, talks, exhibitions, plant sales, garden fairs, festivals, and more, all organized by region in the Chicago area. There's also my column on the inside back page of every issue, which raises a similar question. Do you know why you're reading this? <laughs> and believe Am me, I in the right publication? <laughs> I don't know. And that question is not rhetorical either. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600.
let's wrap up just a little bit um, about the conversation with Juanita uh, because there, you know, she's in a tough position. Uh, Executive director of Friends of the Parks got to be diplomatic. Mm-hmm. I'm the radio guy. <laughs> Don't need to be as diplomatic. Um, I'm I, I'm a little frustrated uh, with with the Obama people on this one for for plopping it down in the middle of a park and using a valley, beautiful park space instead of they could they have all the money in the world and they mm-hmm. could have just taken or use the 11 acres across the street yeah yeah and it's not particularly near mass transportation mm-hmm. i mean they can arrange a bus to to stop by but there's no trains really with there's i i'm trying to figure out what the nearest train now there is the the uh the ic the electric line that is not that far away but it's not like there's a stop right there. Um, we we could look and, and see what that is. But the other thing is, you know, is this this whole traffic situation. I didn't realize that that was an emergency escape no. route. I had no idea. Which probably indicates some degree of federal control road in there, like uh, Sheridan. Possibly. And my feeling is the Obama people, they knew this. They're not strangers to Chicago. They knew that this, you know, this is going to cause... So why why was there not a grand plan already in place to say, okay, here's what we plan to do with traffic. We'll answer your question before you even ask it. Isn't that the way you, you, you plan something like this? I don't know. Because this is a year after they mm-hmm. announce it. Now they're getting the community involved. Now that's not necessarily the Obama people, but that's the park district in the city of Chicago mm-hmm. finally Department getting. Department of Transportation. Yeah. I just find it. A little baffling, yeah. That there, there, that this wasn't planned better in advance. There is a train stop at Fifty Fifth, Fifty Sixth, Fifty Seventh Street Station. Mm-hmm. A metro stop. Yeah. So, uh, and that is how how two clo- blocks away. Is that two blocks from the museum? From the Museum of Science and Industry. So oh, it would oh, be oh, further okay. from the yeah. library. Yeah, a little bit, a yeah. little bit from the library. Yeah. Okay. So it would be nice if the the L were nearby though mm-hmm. too because that's that's another meeting. That's what people use in Chicago. Yeah. Well maybe they'll do a spur. I don't know. Uh you got some interesting news that uh well we all got interesting news yesterday uh, from the world of Amazon. Yeah, and uh, in fact just saw a tweet from NPR this morning um fresh foods are the final frontier for Amazon. Was the tweet that just came out a little while ago? I'm sorry. Start. Have some coffee. Okay, I've got it. Shall I just sip on it while you while you talk? Yeah, and to quote Wired magazine, Amazon's been trying to crack the food delivery business for a decade. Today, it may have finally figured out how: buy a supermarket. Not just a supermarket. Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Well, supposedly organic, GMO-free, and Maybe a, in air quotes above some of the other stores, and their goal is not to make it whole paycheck anymore, but to make it actually affordable. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I, I, I'll be honest with you; I'm not likely to walk into a Whole Foods. I don't like walk into them very much anyway. Uh, I will be less likely to walk into a Whole Foods, and this actually brings us to a conversation that you and I had off air about something you did on Facebook mm-hmm. uh, regarding Whole Foods. Yeah, it's interesting because I posted that original story that broke yesterday morning. I think it was a CNBC story. And then I posted Huffington Post's version of it, which was looking at how workers are tweet- workers are treated um, with Amazon, concerns about wages, concerns about working conditions. And I posted a couple of others on my personal Facebook page. And the responses that came to that were kind of like what you were just saying, Mike. A lot of things with... Um, well, how are people going to be treated? I'm not going to go there. Is there a dash button for that? Is it the mega business? Uh-huh. But then I also posted it on a business forum, a closed forum uh, in Facebook, and the responses were totally different. Those responses were, wow, this is great. This is fabulous. So from a business side, people seem to be looking at it as a great thing. And from the consumer side, they're going, uh-oh. Oh, uh, wait a minute. We're going to get screwed again. Where's the dash button? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and with, I'm and I'm with the consumer side. My feeling is, I don't shop on Amazon now, and I'm, I'm I think I'm the only person in the universe that that doesn't shop on Amazon, and it's mainly because of the books. That's kind of where it started, mm-hmm. and I know this is like when they were just doing books, they were putting 
bookstores out of business. And I said, well, I'm not going to support that. That's a horrible model to support. Uh, I don't care how cheap it is. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. It's like, uh, you know, getting all your plants at box stores mm-hmm. instead of garden centers. You want the garden centers to go out of business, keep buying your plants at Walmart and the Home Depot. And Amazon's kind of forced a lot of, I'll, I'll pick a place like Gardner Supply Company. It's forced them to have an Amazon store that people can buy through. They don't get prime free shipping. They don't get this. They don't get that. But when people are comparing, gee, where can I buy tomato cages, the places that you would have traditionally gone to their website directly or their catalog are now all through Amazon because people want the convenience. I don't consider it convenient. To me, going to a store is convenient and seeing the product and holding the product. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. I want the tactile sensation. All right. And I don't know what's happened to that. We've all become, it's all gone in the, yeah. the, this, this sort of theoretical buying here. I don't know. And, and it takes me to another story that popped up on the Mike Novak show on Facebook. And, and if you haven't been there, go to the Mike Novak show on Facebook and please like it. Uh, we post a lot of interesting articles up there all week long. Some that have to do with things that we talk about on the show and some that don't. And this one was about, Eggs. Mm-hmm. Cage-free eggs. Oh, no. It's actually on your... It was on the Natural and Awakenings. I was, and I, I meant to share it. Put that on the Mike Novak okay. show, too, because it was on Natural Awakenings. I saw it on your site, and I, and I was thinking, yeah, I got to share this on, uh, on the Mike Novak yeah. show. This originally came from BuzzFeed with the headline, America's flooded with cage-free eggs, but people aren't buying them. And they've said as the demand has gone up, as people say, well, I want cage-free eggs. I want cruelty-free eggs. They've switched the industry around. It's one of the biggest transformations taking place in American agriculture. Um, it's been difficult to get farmers to do it, and now they're doing it. The problem is eggs are really cheap. People aren't buying the cage-free eggs, and they said they're probably going to have to um, reduce the flock, as it were, of 6 to 8 million hens in the next couple of months. There's too many cage-free chickens, so they're going to just, quote, reduce the flock. In other words, kill them. Oh, my goodness. I, I didn't see that part of it. Yeah. Yikes. So, you know. And it's, and it's because the bottom line is the bottom line. Yeah. People For, want to go they buy just their want cheap it. eggs. And I, I'm not going to defend that. I mean, I will. I, I, I guess you can to some degree. But it's like I said out in the hall when we were talking about this. What if you realize that every time you bought um, eggs that were raised inhumanely mm-hmm. it was connected like to 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 uh human trafficking human trafficking or something like that yeah human trafficking so would or that poor ch- working w- conditions or yeah would that change your the way you view this but it's just chickens yeah are are people willing to make the trade off for convenience or make the trade off for moral ethical and this is a case, what's so interesting about this, this is a case where the industry responded because they, they, they heard this, they heard mm-hmm. people saying, we, we need, we, we want cage-free eggs. The restaurants stepped up and said, yeah, we're all switching. Mm-hmm. Most of them by about 2022. And, and b- b- to be sure, there are varying degrees of that. You and I both know that. We've seen, mm-hmm. I've, I've been to facilities, we've seen films uh, and read stuff. The whole range, you know, you've got the free range to that, yeah. to to uh, chickens in slightly larger cages mm-hmm. with better ventilation and better sanitary conditions, and it runs the gamut. Yeah, it runs the gamut. There's, you know, the humane certified, and those are the eggs that tend to be the most expensive. And and I think it's it's somewhat people don't want to make the trade off, or they think it's a scam. Oh, they're just charging me two more dollars, three more dollars. So. This perhaps could be maybe something good about Amazon, if there were to be. Can they, the power of their marketing, help change opinion? Yeah. Okay. Uh, One more thing before uh, you do uh, talk to us about Logic Lawn Care is uh, I saw this article. I actually heard about this from a friend of mine who works at the Shed Aquarium. Uh, Apparently, nearly two dozen Chicago area restaurants chose to serve drinks last week without disposable straws in conjunction with a hmm. Shed Aquarium initiative to reduce plastic wow. weight. And I didn't know about this until now, until I read it yesterday. And it kind of makes me mad because I know people at the Shed Aquarium is like, hey, tell me about this. 
Uh, it coincided with World Ocean Day. It's part of the aquarium's ongoing hashtag shed the straw campaign. So we're going to have to get somebody on the show to talk about that. So it might seem like an oxymoron, but a lawn can be beautiful and sustainable, especially if you let Logic Lawn Care take care of your turf. Logic's a company based right here in Evanston that uses a holistic approach to lawn care, meaning it's not just about putting down harmful products, it's about process. Logic also works with schools, park districts, and municipalities across Chicagoland to manage large turf areas. Get a free estimate. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500, 847-421-6500. Guess who's back in the house today? Who? Mr. DeMaio. Meteorologist Rick DeMaio uh, is coming up next, and uh, it's been an interesting weather week, so I'm sure he has a few things. He sent us his usual charts and graphs. So <laughs> stick around for Rick DeMaio, the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Chicago Gardeners, is your yard looking good this year? Why not enter it in the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards open to residents of the city of Chicago and presented by the Mike Novak Show, Illinois Extension, the Shed Aquarium, Chicago Community Gardeners Association, and Natural Awakenings Chicago. The awards provide recognition to the hard work and creativity that make our city a healthier, more beautiful place. They support the pride we take in our neighborhoods and help us build our communities. Types of gardens include ornamental, vegetable, container, and specialized gardens, such as green roofs and walls, rain gardens, sidewalk cafes, and more. Categories include small and large buildings, schools, and other organizations, and there's even a special category for community gardens. You have until June 23rd to enter, and it's free. Go to Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards on Facebook or click on the Chicago Gardening Awards at MikeNovak.net for more information. Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, aren't you the Peggy in Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to lead healthier lives. And Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings is the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even keeping your pets healthy. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and healthy cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. This is your talk. Do you read me? On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Come on, is anybody even out there? How high is the water, mama? Two feet high and rise. How high is the water, papa? She said it's two feet high and rising. <laughs> well, we can make it to the road in a homemade boat Cause that's the only thing we got left that'll float It's already over all the wheat notes Two feet high and rising Yeah, that was Wednesday. Uh, not, mm-hmm. not, not so much today. Let's bring in meteorologist Rick DeMaio. How you doing? I'm doing okay, Mike. Good morning, Peg. Good morning. And good morning to all your... Um, um, but let, let's see. It sounds like I was at church there for a little bit. You guys were preaching <laughs> to the choir. Uh, we, we do a lot of preaching to the choir here. Yeah. It, you it, missed it, last week. That was a lot of preaching last week. Uh, what, what are you talking oh, about in particular? Well, well, Trump well, and climate change. And oh, yeah. And stuff like that. Uh, no, we, we we did we we talked some of your uh, your uh, stuff. Uh, climate, we were, we climate. were channeling you. Yeah. Because you weren't around. <laughs> so that's what we needed to do that. Yeah. Okay, that's that's fine. Um, uh, by the way, uh, I I want to I want to yeah. answer a real quick question here uh, sure. that, that we got a, a tweet on mm-hmm. Peggy. It was uh, Celesta ten thirteen wants to know she wants to buy locally produced cage free eggs. Where can she find them? And Illinois Farmers Market Association website. We had Janie Maxwell on last week from that. Uh, if you go to ilfma.org and you can click on Connect Fresh, you have to register, but then you can search by product for a farmer's market that carries what you're looking for, including eggs. 
So there we go. It was a discussion we were having just before you came on, Rick. So we wanted to. Oh no, I, I was listening to that. I I just don't know if I can taste the difference between a caged chicken or a caged hen and a caged free hen. I'm not sure you can. All right, it and it's not about taste necessarily. Although there are some people who say you can tell the difference in the eggs, the people who 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 raise them and mm-hmm. raise the chickens, well, especially if you get them mm-hmm. farm fresh and not been transported and refrigerated yeah. for a while. But yeah. yeah, and it's quite possible that the stress that uh, is put on chickens in confined situations uh, redu- uh, results in an inferior product, an inferior egg. Right. Uh, I think right. we're getting getting into kind of sophisticated measurements mm-hmm. at that point. But yeah. oh yeah. yeah. But you know, to me, it's more about how are you treating another living mm-hmm. being, basically. Yeah. What's the ethics and, right. and the morality right. behind your choices? Yeah. So, yeah, well, I remember when I took a, a meat and animal science class as a senior at the University of Wisconsin uh, up in Madison, um, we went through, um, uh, I guess you would call it a, a chicken house or a hen house and maybe not want to eat eggs for a while. And we went through a slaughterhouse and maybe not want to eat meat for a while. And uh, you, you can see why, you know, certain certain events uh, become seminal moments in your life that switch you um, into the world of uh vegan and vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I could definitely understand people's concerns from that standpoint. You know, and that's usually the way it works. It's yeah. uh, either people, people change their habits permanently or at least for some time. At the very, right. at the right. very least, they become aware. Mm-hmm. And, and that's yeah. the important thing yeah. is becoming aware uh, of the situation. Yeah. And how far and, do you and, want to and, take and, it? Yeah. Right, right. And, and also the same thing with uh, dairy products. I was like blown away, but I'm like, so that's how you milk a cow, huh? <laughs> and and it wasn't it wasn't the normal way we think of it. Someone sitting on a stool and you put pulling on the other. No, it's basically, nope. all machinery you know, oh, computerized. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I guess that's the way the world is going. And you know, you were talking before about you know Amazon buying Whole Foods, you know, and and this this push away from people, you know, to go into stores and the shop. And it's like you know, what are we going to have? You you can just basically sit at home and and click away and not yeah. actually interact with people. I don't want to talk to people. (laughs) Well, and that's what NPR said this morning. It's the convenience, and it's the going to the store, and it's the picking things up and comparing it. And are we going to be able to keep that? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I don't know about that. That's kind of um, you know, it's 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 a strange it's a strange way of of going into things, you know. And oftentimes we get that with weather as well. I was having a conversation with a couple of meteorologists yesterday because I was called in to do the the nine o'clock show last night. And it, it seems that the trend of the younger meteorologist is, Hey, what's the latest RPM showing, which is, you know, the regional forecast model. And my response was, well, I haven't really looked at the model output, but I've looked at the analysis of the upper air winds and the lower level winds of where the convection developed last night and where it's going this morning and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I kind of blew them away because I didn't answer the question with what was the computer output. I talked more about the analysis of the conditions, and he went, "Oh, <laughs> you, you you do analysis." I'm like, "Yeah, I do analysis because analysis, human analysis, is always going to be better than just looking at the output because you're not really putting effort into realizing what went into the the mechanism that got you the output. So if you just go into a doctor's office and someone just says, "Oh, this is what you have," aren't you going to analyze it? No, this is what you have you're not going to feel very good about it. So oftentimes I think, you know, meteorologists as opposed to degreed meteorologists or people who are weather casters and just get certificates, oftentimes they're just kind of ripping and reading and they're not really giving you something that has, you know, bona fide good information to help you mm-hmm. out with, uh, with what you need. But, you know, it's all, it's all about what the user wants. And I think most of the people who listen to your show want solid information about evaporation rates and how much moisture came in and how much rain fell and all those sorts of things. So hopefully we're doing that today. Well, I I hope so. And I can tell you that a lot of rain fell on Wednesday night mm-hmm. after uh, um, it, uh, you know, you were, you were gone and we went through a nice dry, hot spell. And, and then suddenly it seemed like the pattern, as you say, the pattern changed. Uh, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. We ended up with the first what twelve days of the month of uh, February. I mean, February and February was warm as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like what point six tw- rain. Yeah, yeah. Point. That's right. Peg. Point oh six inches of rain fell over the first um, twelve days of the month of June, 
but you know what? It, 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 it's always when you combine dryness with heat is when you really see the evaporation just pull that moisture out of the ground. And we were kind of living the charmed life. We were getting these little bits and pieces of rain come through every two or three days, which was, you know, soaking the topsoil, soaking the topsoil. Everything looked green. But, man, as soon as you got away from a couple of really good douses of rainfall, uh, it's amazing how quickly the June sun and, you know, afternoon temperatures in the 90s uh, can crank up the evaporation. And I think I remember, Pig, in the article I wrote for you for the month of June, we were talking about, you know, forecasted in summer. I think I went for five days above 90 in the month of June, and so far we've had uh, we've had six. I think we had one in the month of February. Uh, month, say February <laughs> You're just stuck in February. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, but now we're up to number seven. We're mm-hmm. seven degrees above normal um, for the month temperature-wise. Uh, rainfall, though, we can use some, and we'll definitely get some later on tonight and probably into the overnight hours. And then the rest of the week actually is, um, you know, trending a little bit more on the cool side. Really? So back to a, a little bit. Yeah, but now, when you say trending is cool side, that's all relative, right? Yeah, tre- trending to be not as hot. When you have when you have afternoon temperatures um, in the 90s this time of the year, Mike, you're 10 degrees above average. I mean, that's pretty high. Yeah. And I think some of the stuff I, sh- I sent you literally had us 8 to 10 degrees above normal uh, for seven consecutive days. Now we're going to trend probably closer to normal. So a 10-degree drop-off is pretty significant. But instead of having highs of 90 to 92, we'll be having highs of like 80 to 82, which is, which is what you need. So whatever rain we get tonight is going to stay in the ground for the next three or four days, which is a good, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, things are growing well. I, I love the rain. I love the heat. It's, it's good for tomatoes, good for peppers, good for, for uh, everything. So uh, uh, give us a, a real quick forecast here. Um, things looking terrible in Washington, D.C. The Energy Department just closed the office that works to develop renewable technology with other countries. So, so the downward spiral uh, from the Trump administration continues. That's, that's the forecast there. But other than that, uh, 85 today, thunderstorms after about 5 or 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, mid to upper 70s tomorrow looks good for Father's Day. And then Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, high 75 to 80. Slow warm up by the end of the week, but it looks like the better chance of severe weather south of us today, guys. All right. Well, happy Father's Day to you, Rick. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. See my silent, smiling face tonight on Fox. See you All guys. right. Thanks to everybody who's on the show today, including Ben, including Juanita. Uh, until next week, yes, go green or go home. How'd you like it? I, don't I liked know. it. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.